Screen Time with John Fardy. This is News Talk. Hello and welcome to Screen Time. I'm John Fardy and this is News Talks TV and Movie Show. This week on the show, with the return of the full Monty as a TV show on Disney Plus, I talk to its cast, many of the original who've returned, like Robert Carlyle and Mark Aidy. And the other big TV release of the week is the return of Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror for season six. And I talk to some of its extensive cast, including everyone from Josh Hartnett to Kate Mara. I'm open on Twitter, John underscore Farty, or you can email me, screentime at newstalk.com. This show is available as a podcast every Friday at 5pm on newstalk.com or the Newstalk app powered by Go Loud, and it's on the radio every Saturday at 6pm here on Newstalk Radio. Good weekend to you all, hope you're doing well, and you enjoyed that amazing sunshine we were bathed in up until hours ago, in my case. Uh, it was absolutely gorgeous. You know the way people say, oh, it's like Spain. And it kind of isn't. It was this week. We, me and my wife and three children, went swimming in the sea near where we live. And the thing was, we did it on spec. We went out for just a walk on the beach. And then my eldest chap said, I'm going to get in. And he was wearing his shorts. And everyone bar my wife, the four of us, got in. And don't worry, we weren't skinny dipping. There was no public displays of nudity. We wore underwear. We had towels to come home in. But it was just a great way of going swimming. Usually when we pack up to go swimming, it's a military operation, the goggles, the snacks, the towels, blah, blah, blah. This was just on spec. It was wonderful. Uh, An unexpected swim was a nice uh, thing to do this week. I think I'm going to bring that forward into my life. Underprepared for things, especially with children can often be a way to go. Too much packing goes on in my house. Anyway, I hope you've been enjoying the sun, whatever you were up to in it. Now, going to do things slightly backwards this week, and I want to start with a movie I was watching this week. Hello, Jay. What has you like a fizzy chewer? I don't want to over to Mr. Sunlight. You're obsessed with him. You'd live up his hole if you could. What the fuck? I'm sorry, Leon. I've decided not to fight this to the end. But you're an eye for the Viking. I want to go now. You can't just sneak off without saying any goodbyes. Grab your purse, Maria. One last jaunt into town. I know what you're thinking. You don't own him. You're not going to change his mind in a day. Watch me. Ah! You never said he had a fancy woman. Who doesn't? She's a doctor. Any chance you could take a quick look at me for? I know he's your sponsor and you're doing amazing job of being his carer, but what are you going to do when he's gone? I'm not ready. Now, that's a clip from a movie that's on release from this Friday, the 16th of June, called Sunlight. And it stars Barry Ward, who's a former addict called Leon. And he feels indebted to Liam Carney, uh, a guy called Ivor. The great Irish actor Liam Carney plays Ivor, who was his sponsor. Uh, And he's also a Viking reconstructionist, which is somewhat unusual. But he was the guy who got Barry's character, Leon, through his addiction and continues to help him. And now Ivor is dying. And as you heard there in the clip, he is basically going to engage in assisted dying. And he has this he has this lady, Maria, played by Maureen Beatty, who he is invited in to help him die. She's kind of like a death doula. And Barry Ward's character doesn't want him to do that because he's going to miss him so much. So he talks him into doing one last day of hijinks in Dublin. Now, Ivor's character is really going downhill. He's motor neuron disease and he's really not well. But he talks him into one final day in Dublin in a bid to change his mind about going on or not. And uh, it's a nice little movie. And I know that can sound a bit condescending, but it all takes place in a very natural looking Dublin with Barry and Liam at the top of their game as opposing forces, uh, one who's desperate to seize the day and the other who's thinking it's time not to. This is an unusual film that I enjoyed. It's a movie less ordinary, I guess. And Dublin looks kind of grimy in it, in a pleasing way that I like. It looks kind of naturalistic. And it's a decent movie that is on general release this week that looks at issues of friendship, male bonding, addiction, and assisted dying. So it's a heavy story told in a kind of gentle, wistful way that I enjoyed. So that's sunlight in cinemas from this Friday. Now, as I say, I'm doing things backwards this week. So we're going to TV next. 
and the man were bigger than Banksy in his day. What happened? He disappeared. Artists do that. But now he's back. You know what Banksy fetches? Thousands. Millions. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not Banksy. Oh, well. Banksy weren't Banksy till he were Banksy, were he? What was he? Minimum wage sucker like the rest of us. My advice, young'un, don't get involved. Whatever crazy scheme he's cooked up, just say no. Spoken with all the ambition of a school caretaker. Now that is a clip from The Full Monty, which is now available to stream all episodes on Disney+. Plus. The Full Monty, the TV show, not the movie. The Full Monty movie from 1997 was a huge, kind of unexpected success, which you undoubtedly know was about all these Sheffield, unemployed Sheffield steel workers who were out of work and decided to take their clothes off. So a new TV show based on this concept 25 years later might seem like a bad idea. The good news is it isn't. And and I enjoyed this because it isn't really about stripping. Nearly everyone from the original cast are back and they are catching up with their lives 25 years on or we're catching up with their lives 25 years on and things haven't really been good for them. Robert Carlyle's character, Gaz, is still a bit of a wide boy. He's charming. He has extra children this time and he has a daughter called Destiny, played by a great young actress called Talitha Wing and his son, Wim Snap, who was 11 in the original movie, is back grown up playing a policeman now. All the other people are in it. Leslie Sharp, Mark Aidy, Steve Husson, who played Lumper. Instead of taking their clothes off, they're involved in different challenges with life, essentially. And Rob is, Rob Carlyle's character, Gaz, is still trying to make money. He's also trying to form some kind of relationship with his daughter, who he hasn't seen that much of. His daughter is very much like him, uh, a bit misdirected, but has a good heart. So I got to talk to a lot of the cast. First up, you're going to hear me chat to Robert Carlyle, who's back as Gaz, his daughter, Talitha Wing, who plays Destiny, and Wim Snap, who was his son in the first one and is still his son. You know, there's a strange thing when characters end in a book or a film or something like that. You wonder what happened to them. And Robert, when Gaz ends at the end of the movie, you're kind of hopeful for him that, you know, he's taken off his clothes and... It seems life is on an upward curve for him. And then here we are 30 years later, however long it is, pardon my maths. And it's kind of sad where he's at. I was surprised, you know, he's still lovable, but life hasn't turned out the way it was. And even though there's a lot of hope in the show, there's kind of a melancholy hue, if that's not too pretentious, when it starts. Do you get a sad feeling from him when you got the script? Um, no, I know what you're saying. I, I totally understand what you're saying. But when... Uh... I'm kind of happy that he is where he is because um, 25 years down the line, things have been pretty tough for the whole yeah. country. So there's, there's in, in the UK, 25 years of conservative rule, 25 years of austerity. It's been pretty tough for these people, pretty tough for their lives. So I think I, when I read through the scripts, I thought just about every one of these characters are exactly where I thought they were going to be. Okay. That's stupid. There's nothing Hollywood about it. They have no. Been, done anything daft you know yeah uh, for me i I was quite pleased to see him where he was okay and talitha your character is brilliant because you're a mini me except you're a girl in terms of you're exactly like gaz in that you're making lots of mistakes but in a way they don't seem your fault because it's life is on you and you have a heart of gold, but you're screwing up as well. Or is that a fair assessment of your character? Yeah, I'd say that's pretty spot on. I think she's got the best intentions, but she hasn't probably learned the kind of the right way of dealing with what she's feeling and the right way of getting to what she wants. Mm. Um, Having watched Gaz and his kind of chaos and, and and also her mum, who's kind of, quite absent and she doesn't get on with her mom's boyfriend and she has to look after her twin sisters a lot of the time so I think yeah hope I hope that people will see that deep down inside she is just like a big softy but she kind of has built up this exterior to get through life yeah exactly like Gaz I guess Wim sorry for keeping you waiting but that's the nature of a three-person interview Uh, I'm wondering you know did you have any reservations about this because I'm sure 
part of your acting life after the movie was that's the guy, that's the kid from the Full Monty who watched his dad and his pals strip. And I'm not, I'm actually not trying to be funny, but I'm sure it not haunted you, but you know, that was your calling card for a long time. So I'm wondering, despite how good the script is, did you have any reservations going, do I really want to get back into the Full Monty world? Um, Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That that did, you know, run through my mind very, very briefly, you know, but mm. the, I am incredibly proud to be part of, that film you know i i think it, it took me a few years after the film came out to to kind of assess the magnitude of, of of what the film is and how close people have that movie to their heart you know mm-hmm. um so to be part of something like that you, you know you can't help but feel in, incredibly proud so you know and then you know once we had the converse, I had the conversation with Simon and where he was planning Nathan to go it just felt like such a unique uh, you know character to explore you know i mean there's not many actors that have been given the opportunity to be an 11 year old boy mm. you know and then nearly 30 years later you know look at this character again and 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 you know i'm before money was my first ever acting uh, yeah role um and now i've you know I've, I've been very fortunate to have the career that i've had and uh been to drama school and i have a process so you know to be able to to look at this character now in with my adult professional eyes on has been a genuine dream you know i think you're told not to comment on people's appearances anymore given you know rightly the world we live in but you've aged remarkably well i have to say you can still see that youthful boy in you so do take that as a compliment That's robert a kind i will thank you oh, yeah, so, you, so you should <laughs> what, what, listen i was going to get to that there's still time i was just going to say robert i spoke to you in january 2020 for a show called cobra oh and it's very strange. It was about this bizarre event that happened with a solar flare and the world went into chaos. And then lo and behold, two months later, the world went into chaos and we all stayed in our house and the world went mad. Were you struck by the irony of that? I don't mean our interview, although no. as ironic as it was, but and then you you played it, you played the prime minister in that show, and there were certainly questions about the Prime Minister of England, and how he handled that. But were were you struck by the irony of life imitating oh, art? For sure, for sure. I mean, um, you know, the, 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 it happened actually in the second series as well. And we're kind of thinking, is it going to happen in the third? Because we've just kind of completed that. Right. Uh, but but Ben, the writer, it's almost as like he's some kind of seer. <laughs> like he kind of like forecasts these things of like impending doom. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was. We were, we were, we were totally like, did, we were calling each other, myself and Vic Hamilton, Vic who plays, you know, Anna Marshall in the show. Going, do you see what's just happening here? <laughs> this is just what we've just done. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, totally, totally struck by um by that. Wonderful. Well, you have to watch what you do in the future. We can predict time. And finally, uh, Talitha, did you and Robert spend a lot of time doing, you know, dad and daughter stuff in preparation? Or did you, I'm always curious about the process, or do you just read your lines and show up? And as Olivia said, it's called acting boy. So we don't need to do any of that stuff. We did have, uh, I think we had like one afternoon of like a chat and a bit of a rehearsal and a conversation. And then we kind of just got on set and yeah, kind of, yeah, I think did I, your I, stuff. it felt very easy to work with Bobby. Like it, it was just nice and calm, relaxed and, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Wonderful. We were working with Talitha was going to be absolutely easy. You know, there was like there was something incredibly mature about about, mm-hmm. our, about our, even in our, even in the read through. You think, no, this is going to be absolutely fine. You know, and so it proved. It was fantastic working. Yeah, and Bobby to your friends apparently. So there you go. Listen, yeah. the show is great. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, so congratulations Thanks. and nice to talk to you. Thanks very Thanks. much, Robert Carlyle, who's back as Gaz, Talitha Wing, and Win Snap there talking to me about their role in the Full Monty. Now, Mark Aidy, who was probably the unlikely star of the original movie, opposite Robert Carlyle, is back. In this, he was the rather large guy who used to wrap cellophane around himself to try and lose weight before he was going to take all of. And you remember he was with Gene. They're both back. This time, Mark is playing a school caretaker, and his wife, played by Leslie Sharp, Gene, is the principal in that school. And they're married, but their life again, has been tough. They, as you'll hear in this interview, they lost a child. And so they're, they're in 
different places in their lives and their marriage is probably in a tough state. And Mark Aidy's character, as the foreman, gets very interested in a young boy who's being bullied at school and, and certain things happen there. And also returning is Lomper, Steve Hooson, who was the gay character in the original Full Monty, the chap with the red hair, who kind of really found his salvation when he joined up with the other aging male strippers. Well, he's back as well. He's in a he's working in a cafe now, which has BAPS in its title. And uh, so I got to talk to Mark Aidy, Leslie Sharp and Steve Hooson about their return to the Full Monty. Hello, Hi, John. Hi, John. Nice to see you all, to see you nice. Uh, Mark, if I can start with you, you know, in a way, and I'd love your take on this, you seem like the nicest guy in the cast, the one who's the least messed up by all that's happened in the interceding 25 years. Discuss. <laughs> uh, well, I am absolutely the nicest guy in the cast. Um... I mean your character, though. He's, oh, he's that, kind of the moral okay. centre, I think. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's what I meant. Okay. Oh, well, in that case. No, I... Uh, yeah, Dave... Dave is... Um, Dave's not, not a... He's quite taciturn. He's not, he's not a great talker, really. Uh, certainly not to Jean. And that, in a way, is... Is, is part of the reason why their relationship is... Um, is on slightly... Uh, uneven terrain when we mm. when we re-meet them um yeah. they've had a they've had a a, a, a kind of a, a tragic event within their yeah. their family uh they're unable to have uh, kids and that has not been addressed by them and i think that mm. is where their relationship is 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 feeling rocky and also that is also the reason when when gaz uh, says to Dave, what do you yeah. know about parenting? You, you haven't got yeah. any kids. That hits home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that kind of, that puts a bit of a, a, a kibosh on Gaz and Dave's relationship for a little while. Yeah. But having, you know, they, they, they were guys that grew up together from, from, they'd known each other since they were kids. When it comes to the crunch, they are there for each other. Yeah. But Dave and Jean's relationship does need work and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see where that takes us. Indeed we shall. And, and Leslie, on that, uh, like their relationship is fascinating. And, and as your character, Jean, like she loves him, but she wants more for him and seems annoyed that he doesn't want more for himself, I think. Like she's frustrated. And not that she's without her little crimes, let's call them, and any marriage has, I guess. But, but she seems frustrated by his lack of ambition for himself. Okay, so, well, I would counter that, actually, and just okay. say that, you know, the, the, the thing is that in the film, they are really, they love one another. They've got one another's backs, you know. Mm -hmm. they, it's them against the world. And then this thing happens where they have a baby and the baby dies and they, they don't talk about it, either mm. of them. And her way of dealing with that is to take her life, career, ambition as far as she possibly can. And Dave um, deals with his pain by retreating. So yeah. I would say that the issue between them is less about whether or not, you know, Dave turns himself into a successful, um, you know, person in a stationary firm or, or uh, you know, becomes a teacher himself or, you know, um, starts working for a pharmaceutical company. And it's more, her frustration with him is more to do with the fact that he won't engage, he won't talk. And yeah. that's the problem that they're in when we pick up at this series is that the tectonic plates in their marriage have moved to a point where if they don't discuss, if they don't roll their sleeves up, both mm -hmm. of them, um, they're in danger of losing everything that was so good about them when they were young. And that, it's, I think, that... is the very common thing that you, yeah. know, you find further down the line in marriages is that it's death by a thousand paper cuts rather than, <laughs> you know, one big thing. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a much better way of putting it than I did. Steve, sorry to keep you waiting, but, you know, we have articulate guests, so we have to give them their time. I was just thinking, as as they've alluded to there, there's so much going on in this show, and there's, and I don't want to give a spoiler, but so far we've had no mention of men taking off their clothes. I mean, did you get the script and kind of breathe a sigh of relief when you saw that it doesn't begin with, you know, you taking your clobber off 25 years later. Uh, or maybe you were disappointed, I don't know. No, no, it's the first question <laughs> I asked, actually, when Simon rang up and they said, we're thinking of doing this, would you be interested? I said, oh, what about nudity? He said, uh, don't, don't worry about that, don't worry about that. We're, you know, we respect your age and all that. Um, but actually, there is some nudity in it. Um, yeah. I, I remember the other night. I've not, I've not seen it all yet, but the, there was a, I think it's in... Um, Episode three, I get my kit off. Not all of it, but yeah. yeah. Th- th- there's enough, a... to, enough to keep us happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mark, we're nearly out of time, but I just, I just wondered something that popped into my head this morning. About three months after the movie came out, I remember seeing it in a cinema in Dublin. I remember seeing you on a late night talk show. It could have been Conan O'Brien or one of those. And I was like, wow, that's the guy from... The full Monty. Was it a mad time when the first film came out? Was it was it a whirlwind? Because it seemed to go global in a way that I don't think people were expecting. It really was a whirlwind, and it actually it opened in America prior to opening in the in the UK and okay. the rest of the world. So yeah, and they, and they they marketed it quite heavily, but then only opened on like two screens in LA and four in New York. So it was. So people were queuing around the block to see this thing that they'd heard about. And that word of mouth just generated a, a bigger and bigger audience. And it, it just kind of, it snowballed uh, in an extraordinary way. And, you know, you, you, can, you can have a, an entire career waiting for that one thing to happen. And yeah. so for it to happen, you know, back then on what was a lot of our uh, first film uh, ever was was a, a big eye opener, and it was it was yeah. a crazy time. But uh, yeah. didn't you have somebody well, you come up to tell to you? the tale? He oh, exactly. Yeah, somebody come up to him, didn't you? In, in America, and said, "Thanks for that. You, you've liberated the fat American male." <laughs> He's responsible wow. for that. Yeah, so wow, uh, that should be on your business card. I should have a medal <laughs> or something, surely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, lovely to talk to you and continued success, one and all. Thanks Thank a lot. You Thank very you much. so much. Thank you, John. Mark Aidy there, Steve Hoosin, and Leslie Sharp, who play Dave, Jean, and Lamper, respectively, in the original Full Monty, and now also the TV show, The Full Monty, which is streaming on Disney Plus. Up next, the other big TV show of the week, Black Mirror. And I'll be talking to Josh Hartnett and Kate Mara. Now you're welcome back to Screen Time, News Talks TV and Movie Show. Now, before the break, we were talking about the big new TV series of the week, The Full Monty on Disney+. Plus. The other equally big TV series on a streaming service, TV, is Black Mirror on Netflix, the return of the much-loved show by Charlie Brooker for its sixth season. You're probably aware of Black Mirror. It's a bit like The Twilight Zone, Tales of the Unexpected, only possibly a bit darker. They're self-contained episodes. It's a anthology series, and every episode is different. They tend to be concerning technology, uh, AI, elements of horror. As I say, they're from the mind of Charlie Brooker, who wrote the whole season and created them. And they just are these one-off tales that are sometimes amazing. And this is season six. It was a gap of four years. And it has returned this week as of the 15th of June. And I'm going to bring you some chats I had with various stars from various episodes. The new season has five different episodes. They're really like mini movies. So first up, you're going to hear me chat to the great Josh Hartnett and the equally great Kate Mara in their episode, Beyond the Sea. Which now they're very keen that we don't give spoilers for any of these because a lot of Black Mirror episodes, and particularly in this season, kind of hinge on stuff you aren't expecting. But let's say in Beyond the Sea, Josh Hartnett and Aaron Paul, he of Breaking Bad fame, play two astronauts of sorts, or on a, they're two guys on a space mission in an alternative 1969 who go up to space and then come back down and have different personas, basically. And something strange happens 
and space missions and missions on Earth get a bit weird. Kate Mara is married to the astronaut Aaron Paul, and she must negotiate something tragic that happens. I'm not going to say any more than that. Instead, I'm going to bring you my chat with Kate Mara, who probably shot to fame as Zoe Barnes in House of Cards and has had an extensive career ever since. And of course, is the the grandniece of the former American ambassador to Ireland, Dan Rooney, and Josh Hartnett, who's a massive star, who was probably destined to be a pinup, but his career went in different ways. He was in everything from The Virgin Suicides to Black Hawk Down to a remake of Cracker. So I got to speak to both Josh Hartnett and Kate Mara about their role in Beyond the Sea which is from the new season of Black Mirror. Hey, John, how's it going? It's going very well. Uh, Josh, if I can start with you, I was thinking, you know, maybe for an actor doing an episode of Black Mirror, it's like, great, I can go off and do one of these self-contained episodes and it'll be a little, you know, diversion out of my acting career and it'll only take a few short days or weeks. But like, I really enjoyed your episode, but it's like a movie. I mean, lengthwise, as well as what goes on. Was that the experience that it isn't really that different to shooting a movie? Oh, it's not different at all, except for the speed at which you're shooting it. Like, okay. it happened really quickly. Um, and I think there wasn't much that we shot that wasn't in the actual in the in the finished product so okay everything was used john did a great job of kind of just cramming it all in there um clearly they had a lot of other things going on so i think charlie was running from set to set and jessica the executive producer was running from set to set but in our little world it was it was very much like a like a like a independent film but really well funded and of course, John Crowley, the director, who is Irish, just to, you know, fly the flag whenever we can. Uh, yes. Kate, Kat, you know, I want to be really careful about spoilers, particularly in this one. And I had a disaster about two years ago with the creator of The Sopranos, where I mentioned the late, great Ray Liotta having two parts in a movie. And he said, can we start this interview again? So let me tread very carefully and just say, was it difficult to possibly be opposite an actor who at times was playing two different people, albeit in the same body? And let's not say any more than that. Was it difficult? Um, n- no, it wasn't particularly d- difficult. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. Um, you know, more. It's a more fun um, element of this a- episode. Uh, Aaron, I mean, Aaron Paul's so great, and we had s- such a fun time um, working on this, even though it's definitely some intense material. Um, but. But John Crowley, who you mentioned, is such a great director, and he was so good at um, reminding us of where we are emotionally and who we are speaking to. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a really great experience. Yeah, I've probably said enough already, you know, so uh, and Josh, you know, it. Danny Ramirez, who's in an episode, was talking to me and said, you know, I would have done this for free. That's what he tweeted initially. Like, it seems to be actors love the concept of Black Mirror because it just seems uh, Charlie Brooker can get anyone he wants. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I feel, I mean, I, uh, I, I don't know if Kate, you felt the same way, but just lucky to be asked to be a part of this group. Mm. That's, people say that a lot and it's kind of trite, but I, I mean, I mean it. <laughs> I mean it when it comes to, to, to Black Mirror because I've been a fan uh, since the very beginning and um, that's not a joke. And I really look forward to them coming out and it's been too long. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody else's. We haven't been allowed to see the other ones yet. So we've still wow. have, we haven't seen. And I did a BFI screening with Charlie the other day and he didn't tell me anything about the other four. He wouldn't tell me. Well, like I have to experience them on Netflix when they come out. Like, <laughs> well, I've got screeners of them. I can send them on to You're you. You're lucky. You know? yeah. I am lucky because I enjoy them immensely. Kate, can I just check something with you? There's a well-known website. Let's call it Wikipedia for devil's sake. And it says you're of Irish heritage, one third Italian, and the rest is Canadian, French, English, all sorts of stuff. So I'm wondering in terms of, whatever Wikipedia says, but in terms of the Irishness, how do you, how would you, if you had to give a percentage of it, see it as, as an important part of your heritage? Because people will know the late, great Dan Rooney was your grand uncle. 
Yeah. Well, I, whenever anyone asks me what, what my yeah heritage is, I always say I, Irish Italian, but the Irish um, is definitely, so I, I'm obsessed with Irish people. And I think it's the, first of all, the greatest accent that there is. My husband who's English knows that I feel this way. He also feels <laughs> this way. I think oh, I have okay. on my, on my phone, you know, you can choose the, the accent that Siri has and it's yeah. Irish. Um, but yeah, my grandparents have a house in, in Ireland and, um, uh, yeah, we, we love it. We love it in Ireland. Excellent. Correct answer. Cause you know, you're talking to one of those accents. Mine isn't that impressive though. I have to say, <laughs> great. Uh, lo- lovely to see you both. Josh Hartnett and Kate Maher there talking to me about their role in Beyond the Sea, their movie, let's call it a movie, in the new season of Black Mirror, which is available on Netflix. Now, another interesting episode in this season's Black Mirror is one called Maisie Day. The aforementioned Maisie Day is a starlet who's uh, struggling because she's being papped by the paparazzi while she's dealing with the consequences of a hit and run accident that she's involved in. And it's kind of a look at 1990s paparazzi. And Maisie Day in question is played by the actress Clara Rungard, the chief paparazzi person is the American actress Sousa Betts, who plays the journalist who's on her tail. And Danny Ramirez plays another paparazzi guy. Danny Ramirez, of course, was in Top Gun. Uh, He played fanboy in Top Gun Maverick, which he was great in last year. So I got to talk to Clara Rugard, Danny Ramirez and Sousa Bates about their role in Maisie Day, which is one of the new episodes of Black Mirror. Danny, if I can start with you, uh, I heard somewhere that you said you'd work on this for free. Uh, I guess that means you're a massive fan and Black Mirror's the hottest ticket in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I, I found out that there was season six happening. I think everyone, there was a leak. So I, I when when they, I was told this story by um, one of our producers, she was like, that information of season six wasn't even supposed to come out. So when I saw that yeah. tweet, I then tweeted, like, I would do a Black Mirror episode for free. Didn't tag anybody, didn't write anything. I just put it out there. And it turned out that at the same time, they were considering me for the part, but they didn't think I'd do it because of uh, Top Gun Press. Yes. The tweet basically got me the job. Okay, wonderful. Black Mirror fashion. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. In circles we move. Uh, Sassy, can I ask you, you know, they're very clear that we don't give any kind of spoilers, but... And I get that because the whole shows they're self-contained worlds. And I get why, you know, sometimes we get things, don't give any spoilers. And you're like, nobody cares. It's fine. But in Black Mirror, people really do care because the, what happens is is really important that no one knows about it beforehand. But it's fair to say you're in the paparazzi. Uh, and I wonder, as someone who was, you know, is is famous now, is it fun to play one of these specimens who chase people around all day looking for photographs? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I find it quite interesting to play on the other side of the coin from what I suppose my life is and and to find, um, you know, what can sometimes be an annoying element of my life in, in terms of paparazzi, even though I'm someone I'm I'm lucky I don't I'm not hugely papped in my life. Um <laughs> but um I think it's always really interesting to find the motivation and the empathy within that and um you know I can't judge my character and you know I I understand her reasons for her choices that she makes and um and so I think I don't know. I think it's always interesting to kind of ex- expand that thinking. And mm. I I really enjoyed playing in that space. And also for my character specifically, her kind of ethical uh, gauge is shifting throughout the show as well on what she's comfortable with and not comfortable with. And then mm-hmm. sort of her ultimate decision in the end um, being a accumulation of sort of the story and commentary on culture at all. Uh, on the whole, but, um, yeah, I don't know. We, uh, I watched some interesting documentaries that, um, I think paint and sort of a, a, a craftsmanship kind of picture. Okay. 
profession, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, you pop very well. And Clara, sorry it took me so long to get to you. You're being the one, you're being the one being papped in this. And you know, your your star is rising in the world of movies and TV shows. Did you do any kind of particular preparation for being the dogged starlet in this? Or is that a world you're you're getting more familiar with as life goes on? I am definitely not familiar with it, but uh I guess her being an actor. Um <laughs> is is relatable and makes me understand her uh more yeah. um I, I watched some documentaries uh, that really put me in that headspace yeah and and did my my utmost to uh provide Maisie with as much respect uh and honor as the paparazzi lacked she's so lonely in a world full of people who commoditize and and uh objectify dehumanize her um and and uh, yeah, she just wants to find a place in the world where she can sit understand. Yeah, I have to go now. But Danny, you mentioned Top Gun. So I just want to say I, I can't get over how good it was. It was a beloved film of everyone's childhood where I live. And the sequel, we thought this is a terrible idea. Leave it alone. But it was such, it was nearly better than the original. So just as you're seeing in front of me, I just wanted to tell you how good that movie worked out. Not that you need me to tell you, but it was it was yeah. terrific. You know, well, no, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. whenever you're part of an amazing uh, project you, you that touches people. I mean, you walk away with that like and, and you, you hold that on to forever, which is where to bring it back to this, I think that's where I think this like this season and I think Black Mirror as a whole also um, is to that same quality. I think the, the quality that I was spoiled with on Top Gun, I mm -hmm. think it feels so good to jump from that during we just had released that and then jumped into a different world. But like it had the exact same craftsmanship and um, pursuit of like telling the story as best as you possibly could. You must be dizzy from all this world jumping. I better go, though, because my time is up. Lovely to talk to you all. Thanks. Danny Ramirez there talking about his role in Maisie Day, which is an episode of Black Mirror. And you also heard me talking to Zuzi Bates and Clara Ruggard there, who also star in that episode. Up next, some more fascinating cast members from Black Mirror. Now, before the break, I was talking to some of the stars of the new series of Black Mirror, the much-anticipated sixth season, which is now on Netflix. Now, I want to bring you actors from two more episodes, two of the best episodes. There is an episode called Lock Henry, which is all about a young couple who travel to a sleepy Scottish town to start work on a genteel nature documentary. But when they find themselves drawn to a juicy local story involving shocking events of the past, things change considerably. The couple in question stay with the boy's mother in a Scottish quaint household, which may not be as quaint as it seems. Again, I will say no more than that. The couple are played by two young actors, Samuel Blenken, who's been in the French Dispatch with Wes Anderson, Peaky Blinders, and also did a turn on stage in a Harry Potter show, which you'll hear about. And the up-and-coming Myhala Herald, who people will know from a great show, Industry, which was all about, and there's a third season coming, which is all about the high financial world of kind of London high finance. And she's great in that. And I got to talk to them about their episode of Black Mirror called Lock Henry. And I was the first person to speak to them that day. Hi, John. Hello. We're good. How are you? Very well. I think I'm the first pe first person to get you today. So fresh meat and all that. So it's great. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we've got bags of energy. <laughs> you will be better after this. You're, you've gotten in the right time. <laughs> yes, exactly. My Hala, if I can start with you, you know, shooting in the beautiful wilds of Scotland and being part of Black Mirror and a Charlie Booker, Booker production, was it just an instant yes when you when they came in touch to you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Who's going to say no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was. And I um, I was really, really excited to work with Sam Miller. I know I knew I know his son. His son is like <laughs> best friends with my partner. So I was like, oh, my God, not only is this like an opportunity of a lifetime, but also I get to work with a family like friend so mm. yeah it was absolutely an instant yes sam being the director just so people know and not the sam who's sitting beside you that's a different sam. i know i'm actually this a bit sam. Upset. That's fine. <laughs> you know. no he was also a great guest on, on the sam front once yes 
as Sam's go, you couldn't have got two better. So I, Sam, if I come to you, you know, it, it's it's so well written and there's this kind of Loch Ness Monster vibe to it, even though there's no Loch Ness Monster in it. Or is there? I mean, the script, there's a lot going on, isn't there, in this episode or this film? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's yeah, there's a big twist. And I really like how the episode sort of like, you know, you it's Black Mirror, so you know that there mm. is something coming. Yes. I think Charlie has done an, an amazing job of really slowing down the pace at the beginning. So you're like, yeah. not sure when it's going to come. And then, uh, you know, that twist at the end is such a, it, it has so much to say about, you know, the way that we commercialize trauma, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I think it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, they're very keen that we don't give spoilers, but that's a very good way of putting it, actually. It's a slow yeah. build and then something, I was going to say wonderful. It's far from wonderful, but dramatically, <laughs> dramatically, it's wonderful. But Ella, yeah. if I can go back to you, you're, you play a filmmaker in it uh, and it kind of has stuff to say about maybe how we, how, you know, TV shows and crime shows and dark shows are made. I think there's some statement about that in this. Yeah, of course. I mean, my biggest takeaway was, I mean, Sam just said it so well about how we monetize trauma, crime, mm. whatever, you know, I, I'm not a, a documentarian, but I can't imagine you know, anything that I'm like, oh, that's a crazy thing. I know exactly how I'm going to shoot this. All right. I, what kind of mm -hmm. storytelling I could do around this, or I know how to pitch this. <laughs> so that someone will pay for me to make it, um, yeah. which was really cool, actually. Like as an actor, I'm, I, you know, I get a script and I'm like, oh, this tickles my fancy, but it was cool to make, to, to play the filmmaker, to like mm -hmm. get behind the, like, oh, this inspires me to make something. Cause um, I don't always feel inspired to make the thing. I feel inspired to do the thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that was yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. Sam, you know, I was Googling you, as is the modern way to find out about people. And, you know, you had a part in the French Dispatch, you were in Peaky Blinders. But the thing that comes up is Harry Potter. And I was like, hang on, he wasn't in, <laughs> he wasn't in a Harry Potter movie because I've watched them all with my kids many times. But you were in the West End with Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And it's all over the internet, like the level of devotion of those fans is, is somewhat staggering. It must be bizarre to have been part of that world. Oh yeah. That is a <laughs> surreal year of my life because I, you know, uh, I, I took over from the original cast. I just graduated from drama school, which I felt lucky about. I had a, you know, a little bit of energy to give, but you know, that, that you take it for granted. What, what that, you know, fan base people come came to see that show because they have an uh, an emotional connection from their childhoods. Yeah. Know, people of my generation coming. So, you know, it's 1400 people sold out every night. You start to take that for granted. And yeah, there were some pretty intense fans uh, who were so wonderful. People who would come, you know, every week. Mm. To see the show. Wow. So, that was me. I was there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I recognize you. Don't worry. I just haven't mentioned it to you yet. But yeah. Yeah. She was the one. Popcorn, front row. And right. just, just in closing, Mahala, you are adored in another equally adored show, Industry, uh, mm -hmm. where you play a young, some say overly confident, confident woman in an investment bank in London. Again, that's been a wildly popular show that probably speaks to something of our times as well and the age we live in. Absolutely. I think you were right when you said overly competent. I would also say <laughs> she's overly competent. That was a mistake, um, but <laughs> but both both are appropriate. Yeah, I um I also love industry with my whole entire self. Mm. Uh, I I appreciate the way that that show, our show, um allows you to peek sort of behind the curtain in a lot of ways, similar to Black Mirror in like a twisted way. Mm. I think a lot of people would say industry is also quite twisted, but you're really just peeking behind the curtain in a, a dramatized, of course, uh, version of the life of many people that we don't see. Like mm. I hadn't, I, I didn't know anything about finance. I assumed it was all, you know, 50 plus white men like, rah, 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 rah. I just thought it was that, you know? Um, so I, I'm really grateful to be a part of a show that is educating the world that there's all kinds of people who are involved in, 
in <laughs> the craziness that is the finance industry. Yeah, here, here. Well, from an overconfident and underconfident Irish radio host, lovely to talk <laughs> to you both. And thanks for chatting to me. It was a pleasure. Thank you, you so much, too. Sean. Myhala Herald and Sam Blenken there talking to me about their role in Lock Henry, one of the episodes, one of the films really, of the new season of Black Mirror. Now, my final interview on this Black Mirror Troll is with the stars of what I think I enjoyed the most. It's an episode called Demon 79. And it takes place in England in 1979 at a time when, you know, people were talking about rivers of blood and it was quite a racist time. There was also a lot of unemployment and Thatcherism was taking root. We see as its protagonist, a young lady working in a shoe shop who's encountering plenty of racism. And then she's visited by a demon, and it gets very, very weird. But as I say, a bit like a Hammer Horror movie. And Black Mirror generally doesn't go into the past, but this one does, and does so brilliantly. Now, the young lady in question is played by Anjuna Vassan, uh, an actress who's done a lot on the British stage and a few British TV shows. She's also from Singapore. And then an actor called Papa Esiadu, who was in Gangs of London and a few other things. They're both actors whose star is very much on the rise. And I had a chat with them about their episode, Demon 79 of Black Mirror. And Papa was drinking a cup of tea when first we started. How's Hello. it going? I'm interrupting your tea. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm interrupting your interview, actually. Not at all. Not at all. Just we can right. work this out together. Love yeah. to see you both. I, I love the episode. Uh, Papa, if I can start with you, we're very careful not to give spoilers but let's just say you look like someone from Boney M and this you're wearing high heel shoes and you might be a demon I mean no one really writes like Charlie Brooker does he I mean you've probably never gotten a script like this in your life or ever will again I've not it was like it was a combination between me Charlie and Bisha Kayali who who co who co-wrote the the script to because we actually pivoted from a different um idea of what that character was going to look like it was going to be way more of a kind of skinhead like punk okay. um, type 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 character um but we just we we thought we could find find something a little bit more fun um and with yeah higher higher platform heels <laughs> yes um, yeah, yeah 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 imaginatively like both of them um, i mean bisha's had great success with miss marvel and 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 many many more things to come and like charlie has done black mirror nathan barley screen wipe like you're talking you're you're looking at heavyweights and heavyweights in in in, in years to come so it was mm. a it was a joy to be able to you know step up to the plate and try and see what our interpretations would bring to the Black Mirror canon. Yes, well, well, they did. I believe it or not, I was just googling right before I came on, and they've already put up a list. And on some website, yours was the second best episode. So, according to someone, so there someone you go. Get that website, pin it on your Instagram, put it on your Twitter, share it, BBC, yes. you tweet, name it. You Don't know. mention the BBC. My bosses will go mad. Out. Oh, yeah. sorry, That's okay. Not at all. And Gina, your characters again. No spoilers, but her development is very interesting the arc of her character because she begins as this quiet lonely person and then she ends up about as far away from that as you can get it must be fun to fit all that into like 50 minutes i think the episode yeah, is. yeah it's quite a journey um and obviously the first time she meets gar he's a demon she's absolutely terrified of him so for it to end the way it does and i don't want to give any spoilers away no. um the the dynamic is very surprising Yes. And I think the journey that she goes on, you know, um, she, it, she goes through hell, but there's something about all the violence that also unleashes something else in her. It feels like there's two different journeys that she's going on. One is mm. like she's trying to stop the apocalypse and she's um, going through hell and she's like going through, she's acting out of fear and panic, anxiety, adrenaline. And then there's the other side, which is what she's, this life that she's been living in this small northern town. Mm. as like you know a very lonely brown girl um and the world around her has kind of chipped away at her and diminished her and she's kind of blended into the background and there's something about the violence that just unlocks this like inner rage and there's a perverse kind of freedom that has come with that so in the grander scheme of things what she does um the violence that she 
she um, enacts also makes it easy for her to tell the person, her colleague to fuck off. Yes. <laughs> Where yes. before, you know, she couldn't, she felt that she had no ability or skill or language to be able to say that out loud. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic and a really morally sort of w- twisted, weird one, but it was yeah. fun to explore and try and untangle that. And I mean, either of you can answer this, but it's also like it, it, there's dark humor and there's hammer horror there, loads of that. But it's also very political. And, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, I'm sure you, no one wants to mention Brexit anymore, but I couldn't help thinking of that. Yet here we are in 1979. Were you, were you yes. struck by the political aspects of the episode? I feel like, you know, we, we don't never seem to learn from history. I think that's our like flaw as a society. Um, we we go back and say, well, things were worse then. And then you open the headlines now and they're like, where are we heading? You know, mm-hmm. what direction are, what are we doing to each other? Yeah. And I think that's something so bold about this episode of like, we're so used to Black Mirror being set sort of now or in the present future mm-hmm. and where we're headed with technology. And this episode feels very analog. Yeah. So you go back in time and actually, even though it's set in the past, it feels viscerally like it can speak to us now. And I think that's what was genius about Charlie and Bish's script. Yeah, is that absolutely. to do that, even though it was set in the past. Papa, a million miles away from that, if the internet again is to be believed, your next project is a Christmas movie. Is that right? <laughs> Never believe what you read on the internet. Yeah, I know. I, I always fall victim to it. what you find on the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I shot a movie. I shot a movie with Melissa McCarthy. Um, that was penned by Richard P- Curtis um, earlier on this year that sh- hopefully, fingers crossed, knocking on words, it's going to be coming out later on this year. Wonderful, on wonderful. And finally, Angelou, I have spoken to many actresses and actors and directors for years now, and I've never spoken to one who grew up in Singapore. And in a strange dovetailing of events, I was there three weeks ago for a week with this radio station. And I found it the most fascinating place. The streets were cleaned. (laughs) Taxi drivers were saying you could leave your phone in the taxi. I did see a lot of CCTV cameras everywhere, Mm -hmm. but it was it was the most unusual place in that it was Asian. It was Western. It was all sorts of things in a sentence because our time was up. Was it an incredibly unusual place to grow up or is it, I guess, the only place you ever knew? Yeah, it's, it, for a long time, it was the only place I knew. I was born in India, but I moved to Singapore when I was three or four. So mm. I grew up there. My family is still there. Um, I guess what I love about Singapore is that everyone is an immigrant. So right. we, and it's a very new country, really. Yeah. You know, it's not as old as a lot of other places in terms yeah. of like the Singapore we know now. Um, so uh, I, I love that everyone was from somewhere else. And I feel like we say multicultural, multicultural, but Singapore really does feel like a multicultural mm. place and everyone speaks more than one language. And I love that I was exposed um, to that kind of texture and environment growing up. Lovely to talk to you both guys and continued success. Thank you. Thanks so much. Cheers. Anjuna Vassan and Papa Essiadu there talking to me about, well, various things in their acting life and times, but primarily and ostensibly about their role in what I consider to be the best episode of the new season of Black Mirror, which is called Demon 79. So I would start with that one this weekend if you're getting stuck in to Black Mirror. That is it for this week. A busy show this week. I had a lot of guests, but you know, hey, that's what I do. You know, that's why I'm paid the big bucks or other oh, some such cliche. Anyway, thank you for listening. And of course, as always, a big thank you to Anne-Marie Kane who helped out on the show. You can get in touch with me at any stage during the week. John underscore Fardy is my Twitter handle, or you can email me screen time at newstalk.com. Enjoy the remainder of your weekend. Have a safe week ahead, and I'll talk to you next week.